What would you do if you were diagnosed with cancer at age 35? Well, this is a great question that we're going to help you navigate today because studies show that one in two of us will receive a cancer diagnosis in our lifetime. So you really need to know how to navigate this in order to be successful get in remission and heal. So welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, another episode with Dr. Kieran. Today, please help me welcome my guest, Tiffany Flayton. She's a board-certified nutritionist who specializes in functional medical nutrition. She helps people ferret out nutrient deficiencies that are the root cause of their disease and helps them restore these deficiencies naturally. At the young age of 35, Tiffany was diagnosed with metastatic thyroid cancer that woke her up to the realities of appropriately nurturing and caring for her body. Her path has become her mission, and she now assists others in regaining their health at her practice, Rock Bottom Wellness. Please help me welcome Tiffany. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I think that cancer is probably the most dreaded disease that we humans uh, can have, Second would be neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and ALS and Parkinson's disease. But cancer certainly is up there. And as I said in the introduction, one in two of us will receive that diagnosis in our life. But we think, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen when I'm older, 70, 80, 35 years old. What was that like getting a diagnosis of cancer at 35? You know, it was just scary. And, you know, when you hear the C word, you think, you know, kind of what you're saying, it's that dreaded, that dreaded disease that, you know, people are going to, most of us are going to come encounter with. And Mm -hmm. it's just scary. And then what happens, you become very reactive with how you navigate what's coming your way. And, um, you know, so everything is fear-based. And so that's where, you know, I think people can kind of get into trouble and maybe don't feel as well as they could going through the process. It's, it's very scary. Right. And so I, I think your journey is very instructive for people about the journey that we are called to take, which is really a form of the hero's journey outlined by Joseph Campbell that's a a mythic journey that's the uh, story of most successful movies like the wizard of oz and star wars where there's the call at the beginning that's calling you to do something different than you've been doing be something greater than you've been being in order to conquer the foe that has entered your picture in your case it's thyroid cancer but it may be uh, being displaced by a hurricane like the wizard of oz or in star wars you know it's a it's an enemy so there's that call and then we can give our power away during that journey and look to others to solve it for us which is really what most of us do when it comes to health challenges in the american medical system when we go to mainstream doctors we give our power to them but there's a call to something greater so i'd love if you could talk about your journey and we can really help people understand what this call means Yeah, you know, it was one of those things where um, I was, at the time, I was a teacher where I taught high school anatomy, physiology, and biology, and a few other things, and I absolutely love, love, love teaching. Um, The environment in, you know, anybody out there who's a teacher will understand the environment is, you know, 
very difficult now to teach in. And um, I was just feeling, you know, um, beat down. I was sick all the time. And just the fatigue and the lethargy and the anxiety and the depression and the, I I mean, I can't even describe the dark hole. Now, I'm not going to say it's all because of my teaching job, because I love to teach. But I had this underlying thing happening. I was being tested. I know they ran um, thyroid panel, which actually was just TSH. Mm -hmm. Um, And eventually, you know, in 2007, ended up with that thyroid cancer diagnosis. And that is the catalyst. It took a little long. I'm a little bit of a slow learner, I guess. But it took um, that long. And three years into that process of deciding that, you know, I need to be done with this and move on and now I'm going to help people navigate their journey with thyroid health um, like I had to do myself. Because aside from obvious things, you know, the surgery that I've had and, you know, medications that I've had to have, I've done everything else on my own. You know, I've sought out the help I needed to crawl out of the hole that I was in. And it was a really deep, dark hole. And it was because of that, you know, it made me crawl out of it and and figure stuff out. Right. And so as I understand it, you went through the thyroidectomy, you had certain other treatments, traditional medical treatments, but you still didn't regain feeling great and your health didn't come (laughs) back to a healthy place. And so what let you know that there were other options besides most people just keep going to their oncologist, keep going to their endocrinologist and looking for answers. And when they don't get answers there, they kind of give up and they live a half-baked life. I see it all the time. And then along comes some fresh air and a new perspective that maybe things could be different if you addressed it with different treatments like functional root cause medicine like we practice. So what opened you up to that and how did you learn about these other options? Well, I think um, I, I think I was just stubborn and just realizing, you know, I'm not that old. I shouldn't feel like I am 110. I have two little kids. I need to, you know, be functioning and thriving for them. And I've always been extremely interested in, you know, the health arena and nutrition. I just didn't know how far off the mark I was with the nutrition. I was, you know, thinking I was doing a good thing. And after the doctoring, I mean, I had two surgeries. I had the thyroidectomy and then tons of lymph nodes removed because they were, there was a few that were malignant as well. And then a year after that, I had a recurrence. So I had to go and have another surgery. I had the radioiodine. I think I've had thyrogen. I've had three, four PET scans. I've had all this stuff. And I think it was just the frustration from being told, you know, this is your new normal, get used to it, it's going to take time, thyroid cancer is the easy one, I was lucky to have it, but I felt still horrible. I honestly thought in the beginning, taking that thyroid out, getting on medications, having a fresh start would solve all my problems, <laughs> and it only made it worse, actually, not, not too surprising. And so I honestly think it was just that stubbornness and that, you know, interest in the health arena. Um, as well as what I, you know, my background in education, just, I knew there had to be something else. And when my doctor told me, when I said, what else can we do? What other medications can we take to try, you know, to maybe see if something else works or different dose or different combination. And he said, nothing will help 
the food you eat doesn't affect how you feel, then I knew I had to go into the food to see how that affected how I felt because that just does not make sense. You know, you're a physician, you obviously understand biochemistry and you understand how nutrients are part of all those cycles. And to say that it doesn't affect how you feel did not make sense. So it was just pure stubbornness, I think, that got me to do what I needed to do. Right. So everybody listening, I love that you said that you're a physician. You obviously understand. Yes, but so what a lot of people don't understand is we learn about all of this in medical school, how the body works, how the chemist biochemistry works. And then we go to residency and we're basically told, never mind all that. <laughs> Just do what I do because this is how we do it. These are the drugs we give. These are the surgeries we do. Pill for every ill, surgery, this is what we do. And, oh, and people just feel half-baked when they're all done with this. Oh, well, it's just how it is. Yeah, and used to it. Our brain go, we put our brain offline. Like when I woke up to the truth about our health, I was like, where have I been for two <laughs> decades, you know? Right. When, did, when did my brain go offline? When did I make it okay to stop asking the important questions and stop really thinking about how we're treating people or not treating them and what drugs we're giving or not giving. And when did it become okay to not address the major important inputs of nutrition and rest right. and mm -hmm. exercise and lifestyle and emotions? When did it become okay and that for me the answer was in residency and so I had to unlearn all this stuff and go back to the basics of how I knew the body functioned and what I knew the inputs were I mean when plants are sick we don't typically just jump to giving them antibiotics and steroids like we do <laughs> when right. it's sick we look at well what's wrong with the soil does it have the nutrients that the plant needs is it getting enough water are there contaminants in the water what sunlight right. is it getting is it getting enough appropriate sunlight at the right time so going back to looking at humans that way and really knowing that the plant wants to heal it has an innate drive to be healthy and flourish we have that same innate drive right. and so getting our brains back online and while you know there are a lot of physicians who have gotten their brains back online and while we wait for the others to catch up they are catching up they'll get there yeah. we um, just have this underground wellness going on where we're out on the internet teaching people so I'm just grateful that you're a part of that tribe and your pain has become your passion and now you're helping people navigate the same thing so yeah it's it's um exciting to be able to be a part of it it's also heartbreaking to see you know I, I'm on some message or some Facebook groups that are specific to thyroid or thyroid cancer, thyroidectomies for whatever reason. People do not know why they're taking the medications they're taking. They do not know when they should take them or how they should take them according to, you know, different foods or supplements. They have no clue. They are just left with, this is not a big deal. Here's your Synthroid. Go away. And that's sort of the message that they receive and they are lost and they're floundering and they're sick. They're so sick and miserable and they're not able to come out of it because they're not being educated by whoever's taking care of them 
Right. And and thank goodness that you're in these message groups so you can offer experience, strength, and hope, knowledge, tools, support, and help people to understand the truth. So I think that's what's the real beauty of the internet and what it provides. It's allowing us to democratize health and wellness. And and that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So I'm just curious, um, a big part of what I work with clients on and understanding is that there's a deeper meaning to whatever illness they have. And I recently was interviewed for a summit on Hashimoto's and also on Ina Toppler's podcast about uh, Health Mystery Solved about the deeper meaning of thyroid illness. So one, the deeper meaning is the answer's not in the drugs and surgery, and you've got to look at the root causes of what else. So hormone imbalance, toxicity, nutritional deficiency. But two for me is the energetic meaning of the emotional significance in your life. So I'm just curious if you have any insight to that for yourself. Yeah, I'm not super well-versed in all of that, but I do believe a thousand percent that for me, part of it has to do with that throat chakra and not being well to um, I don't know, speak my truth, you know, just, just speak out at all. And I don't know where that exactly comes from. That's not how I was raised. You know, I wasn't raised to just, you know, sit back, be quiet. Um, but also very conservative, just like, you know, be nice and kind and, you know, um, sit back a little bit, but, you know, don't stand out too much. So I don't know if there's anything directly with that, but for, for me, I believe that. And I also have always struggled with, throat infections and I mean there's just so much throat stuff (laughs) where it just to me seems energetically that's the piece where there's all kinds of you know bogged down energy there that had to come out somehow and my body said hello you know here you go and so now all of a sudden I'm um you know I was a teacher so people think well what's the big deal about you know speaking in front of people you're a teacher and it's like that's very different than going and speaking out otherwise and that's what I'm doing I'm, I'm doing more you know public speaking and I'm wanting to get more into that I want to be on stage so to speak and that's not at all if people knew me that's not at all where they would have seen me before and so there's absolutely something to do with that energy piece for sure yeah and and just for everybody listening so chakra just means spinning wheel and these are wheels of energy that you have in your body that's part of your energy system that really forms the energetic framework of your physical body and science has now bridged to the physical um, in showing that this actually exists and it has consciousness and it has an electromagnetic frequency and you can interact with it. For instance, we interact with it through acupuncture. For uh, And we, I did an interview recently uh, with Dr. Jason and he was talking about applied kinesiology. So you can interact with it and it really, ha- you can have energetic blockages in it. And the thyroid represents this fifth throat chakra that really is the midpoint between the head and the heart. And and if you're more interested in this, definitely check out the Hashi Summit, Hashimoto's Thyroid Summit, 
Thyroiditis Summit and also Ina Toppler's uh, Health Mystery Solve, where I go into more detail because it's not really the focus of this interview, but I was just curious if um, that's something that you had looked at. And it sounds like you are cognizant of that and you are really beginning to blossom and speak your voice. You know, the thyroid looks like a butterfly. So I think of it as its transformation and it really is the midpoint between the head and the heart. And in energy medicine, we talk about melding those two and this is where they are melded together and that's what allows the transformation and you for to go from the caterpillar to the butterfly and really speak your truth so I love that you're doing that yeah it's kind of funny because before I even was diagnosed with cancer I came upon the book anatomy of the spirit yes I read that (laughs) um my dad actually had been reading that book when he was going through his um he had a you know completely different type of illness and it was pretty long and drawn out and he was reading that book and I read it many years later but years before my diagnosis and I remember being just you know totally like it just piqued my interest in starting to be really you know how this really is something and then now it's like you said it's tied more to science and there's more it's more caught up now it's more getting to be a little bit more mainstream which is kind of kind of nice, but it it was, the seed was planted many years ago with that. I just didn't understand it, but it's true. Yeah, right. And, and just with the kind of quickening uh, with what's going on with our planet, I think people are hungering. They know that there's way more to themselves than just this. And they're hungering for medicine to teach them about this, but yet medicine hasn't caught up to the science. And so I think those of us who can really help people bridge the two are really going to help people. And and for everyone listening, it's by Carolyn Mace. We'll put it in the show notes, um, the energy anatomy. So I think that's how it's called. Anatomy of the spirit. Right. So we'll put that in the show notes. All right, so let's get to the nutritional piece because that was the big piece that you discovered that helped you really move the needle from not feeling well after all your thyroid cancer treatments to feeling well and now being 12 years essentially cancer-free and cured. Mm -hmm. So talk about that. What did you discover and what did you implement? Well, so the first thing, like I said, I, when, when my doctor said with crossed arms in front of him that we can't change your medications, that won't help, and what you eat doesn't affect how you feel. So that's where I was like, okay, I'm going to start with my nutrition. And so I started, you know, self-education, just, you know, reading my own stuff. I have the background in science to understand that biochemistry part of it. Um, I sought out help from... Uh, nutritionists that weren't just you know calories in calories out nutritionists because I knew enough that that was not the case because I knew for my whole entire life that um, calories in calories out was very temporary situation with with regard to weight and um, I I started digging into the functional aspect of nutrition and I um, sought out the help of that from from the licensed professionals to do that in my state um, and then I did, started doing it on my own. The first thing I did was got rid of gluten. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, and let me jump back a little bit. I had seen a naturopathic physician who would run a panel on me for um, food sensitivities, IgA sensitivities, and gluten, soy, egg, and dairy came up like just off the charts. 
And so I'm like, well, whatever, I'm going to try and see. I did all four things at one time for several years. Um, I now allow some of the things to come in, but gluten is, is out. And within, within a week, I was a different person being off of gluten. Now, I don't know if I have celiac. I don't think I have celiac. Um, but I do feel that the gluten um, basically helped with that anxiety and depression piece. It was not until I got rid of that that I was able to go off of my anti-anxiety, antidepressant medications, which I had been on since college. And it never, it, it took the edge off. That's all it did. It never, I thought, when am I going to get better being on these meds? Like, I'm going to wake up one day and feel awesome. And I never did. But it took the edge off and I was scared to go off of them, which I hear all the time as well. And getting the gluten out of the diet for me, was that mental health piece was that was right in check for me and everybody thinks gluten and gut health which obviously impacts gut health but um for me the biggest obvious symptom was the mental health piece of it so i started with the gluten and like i said i did the dairy and eggs and so i kept that out and obviously soy is not usually recommended for thyroid patients um no matter what so that's easier to do um and just eating whole foods and balancing my blood sugar I didn't have prediabetes. I, you know, I wasn't diagnosed with any of that, but I definitely had the blood sugar roller coaster thing going on. Um, starting in college, when you eat poorly or don't eat at all because you don't have the money or whatever it is, um, you know, I had such symptoms from that that I now know were blood sugar symptoms. And by regulating that and um, the gluten and you know the other things, it just started the ball rolling, and one thing led to the other until I you know, dug down into the actual deficiencies and then replenish my body. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been like, I mean, it's life changing, life changing. Right. So you address the food sensitivities, which are a source of inflammation in the body, particularly for thyroid. You're right on with the gluten, highly inflammatory. Some of the aspects of the gluten and wheat actually mimic some of the cellular structures in thyroid. And so the body can get confused and it starts attacking with the immune system, the gluten activates it and then it starts attacking the thyroid so this is why gluten is almost universally a no-no if you've got thyroid problems and so then you said you got to the root of the nutritional deficiencies how did you do that how did you discover what you were deficient in and how did you address them um looking at a cellular level nutrient panel um showed me gosh i had probably 12 to 15 out of the 35 that were tested deficiencies, and we're talking deficient, overtly deficient. And they were all things that dealt with uh, anxiety, depression, so B5, B6, B12, folate. Um, I don't have methylation mutation, which was was shocking. (laughs) I just thought I might just, I probably have that too, but I don't. Um, But I still was deficient in a lot of the nutrients that are associated with that. I had several minerals deficient. I had several antioxidants deficient and several amino acids deficient. And so I went on a mission and I was like, I going to take whatever I need to take therapeutically for four to six months, depending on how I feel. And Along that road, I'm going to use the foods that are high in those things and make sure that that's a part of my diet, eating primarily whole foods as much as possible. And um, 
I mean, within that six month period of time, that's when I, I feel like I really came out of the, the lows. I mean, I still had struggled up and down with the lows prior to that with the symptoms of depression, anxiety, lethargy, and all that kind of stuff. But replenishing those nutrients are what, you know, tipped me over the edge. That was my tipping point to feeling like, oh, this is, I, I always just wanted to feel normal. And I didn't know what that was. I just knew it was better than where I was at, but it got me to normal and beyond. That was the tipping point for that. That's awesome. So what are some tests you like to use with clients when you're working with them to identify their nutrient deficiencies? That test that I did. So the way that I work with people, um, it's the um, SpectraCell micronutrient panel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's, unbelievable and it's not but it is where it's like you see a picture of deficiencies and it totally correlates to what people are coming to me for I'm like wow you know I'm, I'm blown away every time yet I shouldn't be surprised anymore right but it's right. like and what I what I feel from that is I I was always looking for a problem if you know what I mean like when you're sick and not feeling well you're like you want something to show up so you can do something about it right. and so things show up and people can do something about it and they've got tears because they're finally like, okay, I can resolve this. And it, it starts to resolve. I mean, obviously if they are going through the drive through every day that it's probably not going to help them just by taking supplements. But so we have that conversation, of course, but usually by the time people come to me, they've also hit their rock bottom and are ready. They are ready to do what they need to do to feel better. And yeah, so that's what I, that's what I work with um, for the most part. You know, I stay in my lane with nutrition. Um, some people will bring in their thyroid panels from their doctors and inevitably there's, um, you know, if they get more than the TSH, which is not very common, but if they do, right. I have seen over and over and over again, you know, high antibodies, like very high antibodies or um, really high or I'm sorry, really low T, free T4 and everything else is normal. And they just are told it's all good. Just come back in a year. So right. I get the nutrients for the thyroid to deal with that. Yeah. And what everybody listening needs to understand is that the standard of care for checking for thyroid is their concern. Do you have a disease and do I need to give you a drug? And the TSH thyroid stimulating hormone is the hormone your brain makes to tell your thyroid to function. So that has a wide range of quote unquote normal that's defined by what 95% of the population has. Well, 60% of Americans are overweight or obese, so they're not optimally healthy. Right. You're being compared to those people. So you don't want to be compared to them. You want to be compared to optimal, which is a different diagnosis and there are different tests that you can do to look at thyroid function. And I find that if people are having health challenges, generally thyroid's involved because it's your battery and it mm -hmm. sets your metabolic rate, the rate at which you burn calories for fuel to do anything in the body. So if you've got health problems, you got a fuel problem, you got a thyroid problem because you do not have the energy to fix the problems and the body naturally wants to fix itself but it can't do it when it doesn't have proper battery support exactly. so 
I get real, real excited about this because I think this is one of the most egregious errors that we as mainstream physicians propagate on people, and it's just based on misunderstanding. We want optimal function. So I love it that you were not willing to accept the status quo and that you said, you know, I love how you describe arms crossed. He tells you, you know, what you eat doesn't matter. It was exactly like that. (laughs) New physicians can be so (laughs) ignorant and self-righteous, and we think we know everything. And... You know, I used to be that way. I thought I knew everything there was to know about women's health, except there was this glaring omission in the fact that I weighed 240 pounds and had chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and depression, anxiety. My hair was falling out. So obviously I didn't know everything, <laughs> right? And so I, I bless that Ill, the illnesses that brought me to my knees okay. and surrendered that allowed me to be open and crack open that ego shell that allowed me to receive the gift of knowing about functional medicine and mm-hmm. energetic medicine. So right. Right. So I love that your journey, you, you knew it, you were on it. You're like, no, you don't have the answers for me. I'm going to find them. And it's so easy to do because it's you're out of fear. They say this is what you need to do, and you're like, okay, you're the doctor, and you're scared because you just were diagnosed with cancer. So okay. it, it's yeah, easy to you're do that. Scared, and so you give your power away mm-hmm. uh, to people who don't necessarily know the things that you need to know. And if you're listening to this, well, you've already been cracked open in some way because you know you have an inkling, and so following your heart, taking your power back, asking powerful questions, paying attention to the answers, and keep seeking and you will find. And so if you're struggling with thyroid issues that are unresolved, I think that what Tiffany's sharing is very important. Maybe look at your nutrients. There's so many nutrients that it's not just iodine and selenium, which a lot of people hear about with the thyroid, but it is a lot of these B vitamins, which includes folate. Um, There's a whole plethora of vitamins and then there's inflammation going on too that needs to be addressed. And so looking at that with food sensitivities, what's going on with your gut and really getting to this root cause. Um, So what would be the top three take action steps that you would recommend for people listening who maybe are suffering with unresolved thyroid issues? Because we covered a lot of ground. What would you recommend? Um, So the first one is be your own best advocate. And, you know, you need to find a doctor who is going to be willing to run the full spectrum of thyroid testing that can be done. Um, I know they're hard to find. People ask me all the time, and I have a hard time in my area to find people to do that. And I have had kickback with my own doctor um, with some of the tests I've asked for, and I'm sort of poo-pooed, like, well, it doesn't really tell us anything, you know, that kind of thing. So I know that that's a struggle. So I don't know, you know, getting into groups that are, you know, different, like in the Facebook groups with thyroid, there's all kinds of people saying who knows a good doctor in Pennsylvania or wherever. So that's a good place to start, you know, get in there and find someone in your area that can get the whole picture so you have a basis to work with. You, ha- you know what you're dealing with. Um, and, you know, that goes into dealing with the inflammation piece. When you know where you're starting from, then you need to really start with inflammation, which is getting into that nutrition piece. And so 
um, you need to seek out someone like myself, who's a functional medical nutritionist, you know, someone who looks at the nutrients that will affect how you feel with thyroid, but with the other aspects of things too. Nutrients for inflammation, nutrients to, you know, help your energy and fatigue with your adrenal glands, nutrients um, to support your gut health. So look for someone like that. Those are my, you know, first two takeaways. And then that third one, we talked about this a little bit. Um, basically, just never give up and don't let someone else whether it be your mother, your brother, your friend, your doctor, your, I don't know, someone on the bus next to you, don't let them tell you that this, the way you're feeling is supposed to be the way you're feeling because that's how you treat thyroid or whatever, whether it's cancer or not. You need to listen to your gut and, you know, put yourself out there and do what you need to do to feel normal, whatever that might be for you. Get to that level that you need to be to, to function. Um, that's, I just never give up. Right. I, I love that last one because we have this cultural mythology that as we get older, we're just going to be tired. We're just going to not have a sex drive. Our skin is just going to wrinkle and sag and we're just going to not feel great. We're going to have low energy. We're going to get sick. And these are belief that do not serve us and they're actually not true it's not aging that causes it it's root cause dysfunction in the areas that we're talking about that cause these so if you address the root causes you don't have to have these as you age people and if you learn nothing else from this podcast like it's so upset and passionate yes. about this it is not a given Right, the human genome now shows that our lifespan should probably be about 147, and we should be vital and alive and vibrant and have you know vivacious hair, skin, nails, energy, sex drive, robust, well into our 80s, 90s, 100s, yes. 110s, 120s. But we've got to address these root causes and don't look to your insurance to give that to you and don't look to mainstream medicine to give it to you because they're not about that. They're about what do I need to do to stop you from having this symptom right now so that you can patch up and go about your uh, daily life. But your life is not about that. You are not a machine. You are a living, breathing animal and so right. I love that last one that you gave so be a proponent for yourself yeah it's so I'm sorry it, it's so no, go ahead it's so hard I mean when you talk about the aging piece when I was um in college and was shortly after so say 22 to 24 and I'm talking about I don't have the energy I don't have the I'm anxious all the time I you know I just don't feel good I feel sick all the time I'm always getting sinus infections I'm out you know all these things and I was told at that age, well, you're getting older. So that's just kind of what happens. I was right, in my early age. 20s. Oh, and like, college. God. Yeah, everything is just stress. Right. And like, well, yeah, of course. But yeah, so it's just, it's just that piece. It, it's when they don't know what to say, they say it's because you're aging, I think. And that's just not true, as you said. Yes. So, yes, I love those, and I thank you so much for your journey, your path, your passion, your purpose, for the work that you're doing and the experience that you shared with everyone. Thank you for your openness and your willingness yeah. to really be vulnerable in the service of helping other people who are suffering the same way because I really believe that's what it's all about. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
And I'd love it if you could share with everyone before we wrap up what Her Brilliant Health means to you. So to me, Her Brilliant Health is empowering, kind of going on what we just got done talking about. So taking control of your own health by listening to your body and aligning your healthcare team with what you need to do to feel good is taking control and is so empowering and is so important for us to do. I love that. Her Brilliant Health is empowering, and you have helped a lot of people today, Tiffany, to become empowered to make different choices that will lead to better results. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio and that you got something out of it. Definitely take action on some of the steps that Tiffany shared and think about what Her Brilliant Health means to you and set an intention for what you'd like to see happen with your health in the next coming weeks, months, and year and see what unfolds for you. And as always, this episode is brought to you by The Shine Shake, energizing detoxifying balancing shake that helps you get the bad stuff out the good stuff in and to balance everything so that you can start to feel better and move towards health and wholeness available at kieran dunstan md.com